And that's part of the, the joy of traveling, right? And the joy of, joy of being on a bicycle is the unknowns. Uh, but my belief is that if you're, if you're traveling on the road and you're prepared, uh, then you're comfortable, you're safe, and it leaves a lot of space for these other adventures. Welcome to Book Me, sponsored by Nimbus Publishing and Arts Nova Scotia. I'm Costas Halavrezos. Today, author Adam Barnett. Riding your bike to work or to pick up a few groceries is one thing. Taking to the two-lane blacktop of a secondary rural road or a trail through the woods is another. But every year, we see more people of all ages expanding their cycling horizons and getting to know their province in a way that's utterly different from watching it from a car at 100 kilometers an hour. Adam Barnett has provided a guide for cyclists who want to experience Nova Scotia on two wheels. Everything from suggested routes to detailed maps and bike repair shops to side trips where you can catch special scenic vistas. He's the author of Where to Cycle in Nova Scotia. Adam Barnett, welcome to Book Me. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, you're uh, peddling in the path of people who wrote books on this 20 and even 30 years ago, and, and you acknowledge them in your book very graciously. What are the biggest differences between the cycling scene today and the cycling scene that they wrote about then? Well, the one in particular book that we had that Bicycle Nova Scotia put out back in 1995, uh, it was a mostly focused on long, long cycle touring, so long distance cycling, two or three days. And there's a lot of people that really enjoy that and still do that. Uh, but what we realized, a lot of people really getting into cycling these days are traveling around with a bike on their car and want to explore an area without committing to being on their bike for two days a week, two weeks sort of thing. So uh, this book is focused on, for the most part, for loops. So you can pull into a town, uh, get your bike off your car and explore an area and know that you're coming back to your car, back to your B&B, and a chance to explore an area with smaller loops as opposed to long distance travel. This wasn't a case of you personally uh, cycling every centimeter of the province. How did you gather information for cycling in Nova Scotia? So it was a fun process. Uh, From the beginning, we decided we were going to do crowdsourcing. So put it out to the people that cycle around the province uh, to send us their favorite routes. So basically, we went out through our channels, uh, through Bicycle Nova Scotia, through social media, talking to bike shops, uh, cycling clubs, and asking people, send us your favorite routes. And of course, now these days, a lot of people are recording their rides through Strava or Map My Ride on their phone or GPS devices. So they have their routes tracked. So they would send them to me electronically. I compiled them all together, put them onto a map, and kind of scoped out, okay, here's all the routes that we have. And then from that point, start researching a little bit more, overlapping them with, um, with towns and proximity to amenities, and kind of pared them down that way. And then once we had that set up, we went, got my car with my bike and started traveling the province. So you did follow up on, on some of these that, that you'd never been to before? Uh, every route. So I think we started with 140. Uh, but yeah, my, my plan was to at least go on each route with my car, if nothing else, to uh, get a sense. So if I was going to put it in the book, I had a, a personal opinion and could really um, give some real feedback to the, to the route. People can overestimate how well prepared they are uh, for a bike trip or, or even underestimate, I guess, in which case they can miss out on some great 
journeys. Sure. What do you have in the book to help people sort themselves out? So you I'm know, a big, the the, I, the known unknowns and the unknown unknowns. Yeah, those kinds of things. Yeah, and that's and that's part of the the joy of traveling, right? And the joy of joy of being on a bicycle is the unknowns. Uh, but my belief is that if you're if you're traveling on the road and you're prepared, uh, then you're comfortable, you're safe, and it leaves a lot of space for these other adventures. So uh, we have packing lists in the in the book about what to bring, uh, suggested ideas of what to bring on a day trip uh, or a longer trip. And part of it is also identifying the kind of rider you are. So some people just want to go with a small saddlebag and keep it minimal. Other uh, people like myself, I like to travel with panniers, bring an extra layer, bring a picnic, bring a book. So it really kind of identify what kind of rider you are and make sure you're comfortable and set up properly. And then the adventures can kind of unfold a little bit more naturally and attuned to the type of type of riding you like to do. The, the checklists are very useful, but I'm wondering, are there some things on those checklists that people tend to overlook more than others? I'd say the biggest thing is not bringing enough food. Uh, sometimes if you don't pack your food and you expect to be able to find food along the way, uh, as you know, rural Nova Scotia can be pretty, can be pretty rural sometimes. Um, having enough water is often sometimes overlooked. Uh, and I think really it's having enough layers. Uh, if you leave in the morning and the sun is out and it's bright and warm and you don't think about the fact that the weather can change, uh, the weather can change really quickly in Nova Scotia. And even more so if you're that on... That sounds hard to believe. It's, you know? <laughs> it is true. It is true. Anywhere it, in the Atlantic province. It's true. Well, especially if you're traveling the coastline. I mean, sure. most of these routes are actually along the coast and especially on the eastern shore, the southern shore. If you don't have a layer and that fog comes in, uh, you can get pretty uncomfortable pretty fast. Yeah. And, and you, you write specifically about cycling in the fog. Yeah. You know, and if you're from here, um, you probably have a good sense of that, but people coming from away have don't necessarily know that at all. So the book's kind of focused on, yeah, locals to give them a bit more information and context, but also if you're coming from away to have a, somewhat of a sense of what Nova Scotia might be like and what kind of circumstances you might come across. The secondary roads can be lovely, but uh, when I see the state of, of narrow and, and cracked shoulders right next to loose gravel mm-hmm. and then a deep ditch sometimes, the, the last thing I want to do is cycle on them. Is there any progress in getting the province to create a safe bike lane when they repave or upgrade those secondary roads, for instance? There is there is work being done. Uh, it is slow work. Uh, so I work with Bicycle Nova Scotia, and uh, for a number of years we've been working on something called the Blue Route. And you can check it out online. Uh, the Blue Route is basically uh, a network that has been determined what would make sense to connect communities around the province. And we've been working with TIR, uh, Transportation Infrastructure Renewal, uh, on this project. And the idea is that anything, uh, we've been working with them to decide what those areas are as well. And that if something is on the Blue Route, uh, then if it's going to get paved, then they need to pave shoulders to go along with it. So it's kind of a focused way of helping um, put some of that uh, big capital investments into bike routes uh, in advance. Uh, it is a slow process. Um, they're they're on board, but uh, there's a lot of work to be done to have a, a to have a real commitment to it. Um, yeah, so it's a it is happening, but a little bit uh, certainly a lot slower than we would like to see. Do you have any idea, say, about how many kilometers are added to the blue route a year? Over the past few years? Uh, last few years, I'd say a couple hundred, maybe. Um, you know, considering the route is about 3,000 kilometers that we have, uh, it's, a, it's a slow process. Um, you know, we're looking at our inspiration was the route Verret in Quebec, and that has been a huge success, and it's been 
very uh, different from our situation. They had the government uh, specifically decide to invest in bike tourism and put that money forward. So we're kind of starting from the other end. Uh, but our hope is that the more people get cycling, get familiar, come into this area, that it starts to kind of put some pressure on the government and go, oh, right, this is actually a really uh, important thing to put money behind. And it's also an economic driver for the, uh, for the province. Well, I was going to ask you about that because uh, certainly I've seen the the, uh, the Route Verte in, in Quebec and it's been operating long enough that you see some results. Yeah. I mean, what what is lost when a province doesn't invest in the infrastructure for recycling? Well, it's it's hard to promote it as a whole, uh, for one. You know, even Nova Scotia tourism has a bit of a hard time promoting Nova Scotia as a, as a cycling destination uh, because our infrastructure is just not quite up quite up to speed. Um, so I think there's a lot of people, um, you'll notice, so we have these destination trails now, uh, the Harvest Moon Trail, the Celtic Shores Trail, and the Rum Runners Trail. Um, and the Rum Runners have now been up and running for five or six years, don't quote me on that, uh, but long enough that they have economic in- impact studies on it. And uh, having that safe piece of infrastructure, people are flocking to it. Tons of people are coming and exploring it and getting on the bike, parking, exploring the whole South Shore, uh, putting money into the towns and exploring the area that they wouldn't otherwise because people need to feel safe. And there's a lot of cyclists that are comfortable riding the roads and, like you said, uh, cracked asphalt and loose gravel. Uh, but majority of people, especially if you will travel with kids or anything like that, uh, people need to feel safe. Uh, so without that infrastructure there, you have a lot of people that just won't won't commit to coming and exploring the area like that. So. Now, you referenced several times in the book uh, that connection with local businesses and bike shops. Mm-hmm. How is that relationship growing? Well, the bike shops do, a, I mean, they do a huge, huge amount of work in this province. Uh, they're they the, um, the champions of cycling in the province, and they're all over the place, and they're kind of the hub of the community. They're the ones that help people uh, remove those barriers when people want to get into cycling, to get them with the right bikes, to get them set up properly, uh, to keep people updated what's happening. They organize rides. They have uh, cycling clubs. They do education. Um, so they're really kind of the driver of the, uh, of the cycling community here, and um, you know, we've been working on trying to see if we can maximize that a little bit more and have make like a bike bike association to kind of come come together a little bit more and maximize that and energy because we're spread out quite a bit over the province. Um, but uh, yeah, all the resources are there, and they're the ones that are doing the work uh, continual. Uh, continue to work in the background. Uh, and while this book is great, I mean, there is nothing quite like talking to someone in the local community who really knows it intimately. Absolutely, yeah, it, and I—that's why I mentioned the book over and over. If you before you go on a ride, um, check out the local bike shop. Um, they will have been out riding or been talking to people that have been out riding. Uh, they all know what the conditions of the roads are like, what's happening, um, and not only that, you actually get a connection with the community that way. To go in and um, actually talk to the people in the bike shop, you you kind of get a rep, you know get a, reput- a repertoire with them and get to know mm-hmm. them a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, which creates a uh, kind of a bigger experience than just the cycling itself, which I think is really important. Now, you mentioned in passing cycling with children. What are some of the considerations there for people who might be used to riding with their kids in a, in a town? In terms of getting out cycling with kids? Uh, you know, I, th- I think a big part of it is uh, letting go of some of the fears. Uh, there's a lot of fear around that. Um, but really, it's about getting comfortable. Um, I don't have children myself, but I interviewed a number of people in the book that have kids, and they talked to me about how to get comfortable with riding with children. And a big part of that, similar to the checklists uh, earlier, is being really prepared, really understanding what you're getting into, where you're going, um, how safe are the roads, is there a protected bike lane, are you on the rail trail? So it's kind of identifying yourself, your strength as a cyclist, uh, and also where your child might be at in terms of what they're comfortable with. And you know, the suggestion in the book about uh, choosing the route with your kid 
you know, get them involved. Where do you want to go? And get them looking at the maps. So they actually get engaged in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just making sure that where you go, uh, you feel comfortable with. Um, you've had a conversation with your kids about, you know, the, the dangers and how to stay safe and staying close and that sort of thing. So it's really uh, anyone I've talked to that is, uh, rides with the kids regularly, it's been a, it's been a process. Uh, and as the kid gets a stronger rider, they show some responsibility. Then you can go to places that have maybe have a bit more traffic or a little bit less protected. So, um, yeah, there's quite a few things you can do uh, and to, to kind of get set up. But you need to kind of put, your, put a little bit ahead forward thinking into it to make sure you're feeling comfortable and safe. So would the bike trails on former rail beds be a good place to start with kids? Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, they're, they're great for cycling. Uh, they're, they're totally off the road for traffic. Uh, there are some uh, off-highway vehicles on there, um, but they're, you know, for the most part, they're very respectful and slow. Uh, so yeah, I know it's the safest place to go uh, that you can just kind of relax because you don't have to worry about cars. And uh, and we're lucky now we have quite a few of them, even coming out of the city with the Salt Marsh Trail and, and the Rum Runners Trail. So Outside um, of Halifax. Outside of Halifax, yeah. yes. Yeah. What about road etiquette for cyclists, especially cyclists riding in groups? Yep. Uh, so I don't do a lot of group riding, uh, but there are some kind of norms that you need to get used to. Um and really, it's just about understanding the, the group you're riding with. Uh, again, so if you're doing a group ride um, at, at, um, or an organized ride, uh, what I would suggest is uh, meet up with them in advance and, and see what the communication channels are. There's signals that you can do for loose gravel. Um, there's kind of where you stay in the pack, staying beside somebody or behind somebody, just so everyone can be safe. Um, so if you're just getting into it, uh, definitely recommend... Um, Checking in with the group and letting them know what you're familiar with and, and if you can get any advice in that because um, it's really about being safe and so people can see each other, uh, communicate any issues and uh, that people can ride effectively uh, in a pack out in, out in the roads. And what about when someone in a car, a passenger vehicle or a truck is coming up behind a group? What, what must the group do? Well, so by law, you need to be in single file. Um, so partly it's uh, that's and that's that's a communication part. So when you someone who is in the rear has a mirror, sees us that there's a car coming, they can shout out ahead, and it gets passed down the line so people can know car back. People can kind of shuffle into the side, get into formation, and then uh, and then get back. Uh, you include 106 cycling routes in Nova Scotia. Could you pick a route which isn't too demanding, and describe the features that, that make it? especially appealing to someone who hasn't gone out on a, on a trip? Yeah, so there's, there's a bunch. One of my favorite areas uh, of the province in general uh, is Mabu, uh, out, in, out in Cape Breton, uh, east, uh, sorry, west side of Cape Breton. Uh, there's one that I have in there that goes uh, part rail trail, uh, and then it goes out around Lake Ainsley. And the, what I love about this route is I like it. You're on the rail trail for a bit, which is nice. So you're kind of off into the woods. Uh, but Lake Ainsley is just beautiful. It's a, it's a gorgeous lake. And this route takes you on the, uh, on the north side of the lake, which is closest to the water. So you get a lot of water views, places to stop and swim. There's a museum on the way. Uh, the terrain is up and down a little bit, but not too steep. And then you come back down through the, what's called the Nevada Valley. And you're kind of uh, about five kilometers away from these highlands, and you get these beautiful farmlands and hills in the background. Um, yeah, it's just a really nice, dynamic route with some water, with some farms, with some trail, um, not too demanding. And you've got um, Mabu and Inverness, which you can pop up to Inverness as well. So you get option of a couple of really nice towns to visit. And that one's, I can't remember the exact kilometers, maybe around 60 kilometers. Um, so yeah, you know, it's a half day, half day ride, uh, depending on your, your, and, your speed. And you can tell everyone afterwards. 
I've been to L.A. and Nevada. That's, that's right. I've been to the Nevada Valley. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from the maps included in the book, I understand you can also download the maps? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so what we did is we wanted with the book, uh, a couple things is any book that you put into print, a guidebook, is, has the potential to be out of date as soon as it hits the, hits the, hits the shelves. And this one a little bit less so because it's, it's roads, but at the same time, uh, a route might have a bridge that's out um, that when you wrote the book, it was in. And if we get communicated at that, it allows us to go online um, to update the route. So what we're advising people to do is when you have a route in the book you've decided on, go online on the Bicycle Nova Scotia website. It'll have any updates if there are anything, anything crucial that you need to know. Um, but then the other part of it is it allows people to download the, uh, the route onto the device. So a lot of people are traveling with a GPS device, a Garmin, uh, or a phone. So this allows them to look at the book, get inspired, look at the map, um, read about the points of interest, go online, then just download it to your Garmin, and you have all the cue sheets, you know, turn left at two kilometers, turn right at five kilometers. It's all in there, so you can just download it and then leave the book at home if you like, so you can travel light. So it's a, it's a way to kind of match up the, uh, with the print with the electronic. And where are the profits from this book going? So the book, uh, the money to get the book happening uh, in the first place was with Bicycle Nova Scotia. So we invested in the book uh, to put it out there. So uh, any money that we make off of the book, all the royalties are going back into Bicycle Nova Scotia to uh, ensure that we can do future updates and to, uh, to you know, further any further cycling initiatives that we're doing as, a, as an organization. Well, happy cycling, and thank you for uh, joining us on Book Me. Right, and thanks for having me in. Adam Barnett is the author of Where to Cycle in Nova Scotia. To hear past episodes of our podcast, go to bookmepodcast.ca or just pop bookme with an exclamation mark in your search engine. Bookme is sponsored by Nimbus Publishing and Arts Nova Scotia. Our producer is Robin Grant, and Lynn Fox is our freewheeling top gear technician. I'm Costas Halavrezos. Now, let's go read and cycle.